All right. Uh, what's going on, everybody? Uh, we have a great episode for you this week on the Undrafted Podcast. Uh, we have a nice little interview segment we actually just recorded with Matt George. Um, we got 10, 15 minutes. We're going to go on the finals. Uh, is that about it? That's pretty much it. Yeah. Matt yeah. George of KHDK. We're going to talk NBA draft, specifically the Sacramento Kings and what they might do with the second pick. Uh, and then obviously the Golden State Warriors won the NBA Finals, so we're going to dive into that on this yeah. exciting edition of the Undrafted Podcast. Andrew still has no shirt on. No, I do not. <laughs> this is the 29th edition of the Undrafted Podcast. Chris... Is it 29? 20, 28. I, think it's 28. I, I literally yeah. just looked oh at it and I gosh. got it wrong. We are at the 28th edition of the Undrafted yes. Podcast. And Chris, are you... I'm conflicted on this one. Is is? Uh, I know we don't do this anymore, but would it, I, I don't know if it would be the Buster Posey one or if it would be Adrian Peterson for me. Porque no los dos. Why not both? Yeah, there you go. Chris, I, I, I are you going to eat at the International House of Burgers? No. No. Because, uh, ooh... Man, I really, really, really wish I could give this person credit, but I cannot remember who it was. As, as a great tweet um, put, uh, I will not eat at some place that. Oh, it was Wendy's. It was, it was Wendy's. Wendy's. Okay, yeah. Wendy's tweet, Very of, good tweet of I will not. Uh, uh, or what, what, do you remember what? It, can it, you pull it? I don't. I don't want to butcher it, yeah. the words. It, it, of it. it was essentially like we're not going to eat at a place. Not really afraid of the of uh, the burgers from a place that had decided uh, pancakes were too hard. There we go. Fire tweet. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Wendy's However, a- IHOP is amazing. And I, if IHOP wants to sponsor us, I will absolutely sponsor your delicious, tasty cakes. Yep. And apparently your uh, great, great burgers. Wendy's had a better tweet than GameStop had today. G- GameStop tweeted out advertising. Is it a competition on a daily basis? Uh, yes. Um, GameStop tweeted out about Madden 19 coming out. And somebody sarcastically asked, is this game going to have a battle royale mode? Because, you know, every game has a battle royale. GameStop responded, if it does... We got dibs on Ray Rice. Not a good tweet. Yikes. Not a good tweet. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so as I said, this is the 28th edition of the Undrafted Podcast. And um, as a Warriors fan, uh, you guys know I'm a Warriors fan. You might be surprised we didn't record a little earlier um, because the Warriors are NBA champions. Chris and I just came to the conclusion that there was nothing really worth rushing to record for. Yeah, I mean, I think even when we did the uh, the preview podcast for the for the finals, I the you had the uh, five games. I think at four, uh, at four. Sweet. Okay, you had at the sweep, sweet. so you called it. Um, yeah, I I don't think there was any surprises in this series. I think even if Cleveland would have won a game or two, I think it's clear that the right team won. Like there's yeah. there was no flukes. Yeah. Everything that kind of was supposed to happen. Happened. It just happened in a little bit crazier way than we thought. We didn't think Jr. was going to run the clock out. Yeah. We didn't think that Steph, Clay, and Draymond and Igudala all wouldn't show up for different reasons in game and game three, and uh, and KD would just carry them. Yeah. And in that that game one, Kevin Durant the MVP, uh, Finals MVP. Yeah. Well, plain and simple. I would um, say yeah. Game three. Yeah. Game game three, three won it. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, if 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 the finals had more games like game one. You might have heard our voices more exactly. frequently, but Definitely. we just really felt like there was nothing really to press uh, to come in, yeah. you know, after press a specific record, game. Yeah. Um, 
really the biggest thing that happened in the finals is LeBron broke his hand. And he didn't yeah. really, though, because... He did, though. I, I, I've he... came to this conclusion. Okay, because here we go. Here's the thing. If LeBron, if it comes out after game one that LeBron broke his hand, I think instantly Skip Bayless and all the heads start... Michael Jordan played to, with the yeah, flu. Or he's immediately... He's, he's already making excuses for why... He's going to lose to the Warrior team, yeah. which I guess people are already saying that's the excuse. But to me, the timetable does add. I mean, he, uh, there was the report. I think Mark Spears had the report that he punched the whiteboard. Yes. Uh, I think and if we got a, a very wrong, we similar thing, con- as f- ironic as it is, happened to Amari Stoudemire when, uh, when he was on the Knicks and they were playing the Heat. Um, he broke his hand punching a fire extinguisher. And <laughs> it seems, yes, which is... Very, very, very all kinds of stupid. Um, but it seems like a similar thing may have happened here where LeBron punched the whiteboard at the end of game one and it may have not broken his hand, but whatever he's claiming happened. And it makes sense. Yeah, I'm not doubting the... At the, the same time, it has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, it LeBron just kind of... doesn't break his it, hand. Yeah, yeah, the Warriors win this series yeah. no matter what. Um I, I don't doubt the punching of the whiteboard happened. I do doubt it was broken. It might have been like a sprain or something, not as serious. I think the broken part was the overplayed a little bit. Because um, you remember we were at Clubhouse 56. Shout and, out. And LeBron did the uh, self-alley-oop and you almost left it. His hand, I did leave. I left he the left room. the bar. <laughs> but um, his hand looked pretty fine yeah, in that situation. Um, so I don't, I don't think it, it I don't think well, it's Well, at the broken. same time, you could say the same thing about, I mean, well, I, I don't think LeBron's hand was broken. I'm sure it was sprained or he had some, maybe had, had a, you know, a, a tiny break or something yeah. in his hand. But I mean, you can also say the same thing about Clay Thompson's yeah. ankle. Um, but I don't it, think the Warriors ever once said it was broken. I just think no, but they said he, it was like messed he, up. He was not supposed to, I mean, yeah, uh, he was uh, I just to listened play. to Steve Kerr on the uh, Zach Lowe podcast and, and, um. Steve said that he didn't think Clay was going to play game two, and he was just hoping he yeah. was going to play game three. Um, so the fact that Clay even played those games is is absolutely. Yeah. I, I wonder what Clay's doing to uh, get those muscles relaxed. Come on, Clay. Clay is a very clean man. Are we are we are here for s- Cleveland Clay? Is, is this a thing now? Is Cleveland Clay going to be a thing? Apparently he uh, he had a he wilded out a little bit. Clay wilds out everywhere yeah, he goes. In the locker room, especially. Um, I think my favorite final story, strictly from a Warrior standpoint, is Quinn Cook in Game Four. I don't know if you heard this story. Did you hear about this? No, I did not. So Quinn Cook was inactive for Game Four of the NBA Finals, so he's required to wear street clothes on the bench. Um, once the game got in hand, oh, he, I did. He actually <laughs> decided to go into the locker room and get in his jersey yeah. to look make it look better in the pictures. And the funny thing is, is like he went full out in the. He even had the mm-hmm. like compression Sleeves tights and, underneath. Yep. Yeah, that's my favorite story because that's yeah. just like it's great. Hey, gotta look good, man. Uh, Swaggy P has a ring. Swaggy P does have a ring. Javale has two rings. Javale has two. St- like another thing that yeah. hit me the next day, and this like, you know, you could be like, how wasn't that the first thing you thought of? Well, Game Four was a crazy day. I bought a car that day. I didn't really get to watch Game Four. Um, one Wardell Stephen, or I, for Steven. some reason nope, when I say Steven. Wardell, I always go Stephen Wardell Stephen Curry the second. Um, he has the same amount of rings as LeBron James. That's great. Draymond Green does too. Clay Thompson, Iguodala does mm-hmm. too. Um, 
I'm not one to count rings. I don't think rings. Yeah, rings it's, it's, really it, don't. Rings mean I, to things, me too. But it's very overrated. I don't think it's a fair thing to judge an individual player on. Yeah. Um. But since we do live in a society that does want to compare rings, might as well throw it out there. Because yeah, I like to well, brag no, about. Yeah. No. Factually, and I, I, we can. We're probably going to have this conversation in 365 days, and you'll say Steph has one more ring, and Draymond has one more ring, and yeah. Clay has one more ring than LeBron James. Well, we don't know how this summer will go. Maybe yeah. they'll all have the same amount of rings. Maybe. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I don't mean to feed into that. No, LeBron's I, not I going don't. to the Warriors. <laughs> See, that's my favorite thing is like when the report comes out that conversations happen, like, oh, LeBron's going to have a conversation with the Warriors. Um, we like to act like it's a real thing. The conversation, I guarantee you, is going to be, hey, LeBron, you want to take less than a max contract? And LeBron goes, no. And then th- both sides can say, well, we conversed about joining the Warriors but how it is on this 24 you know a 24 hour news cycle that we live in nowadays with Twitter Stephen A. Smith says something it's all over Twitter LeBron's gonna be a warrior you know so um so yeah the finals happened the finals are over um I made my prediction that the Warriors were gonna finish with a plus 70 point differential they finished with plus 60 nice so I was close Mm -hmm. Uh, definitely one more game I Honestly, one more game probably would have put that over. Game one killed it because game one they didn't. Yeah, blow that, up. yeah. Um, game two, game two was the game that really told me the Warriors were in the finals because I thought the Cavs played probably their best game they could have played against the Warriors and they still lost by like thirteen collectively. Um, game three, that was just the Durant game, and game four the Cavaliers quit. Plain and simple. Yeah, and I and I don't necessarily blame them. That that um. They just that, didn't have the horse. I mean, no. like I said, nothing happened that we didn't think was going to happen. It just happened. You yeah. know, it's 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 unfortunate that you have to see the war, but um, yeah, we saw that we saw how the how the bodies got killed. Yeah, and it, it's it's you know, as and a Warrior fan, I'm obviously ecstatic. Um, but it was a yeah. pretty uh, game one. Pretty much was all the excitement, just yeah. with uh, with everything from the uh, charge block call that was. Maybe incorrectly reviewed, but correctly yeah. called because it was definitely a, a block. I don't think it was a charge. Whether or not it should have been reviewed, that's a whole nother question. Uh, J.R. Smith, obviously. Even George Hill's missed free throw. Um, the video that came out from in between the fourth quarter and overtime of LeBron yeah. reacting to the fight, or the, the quote-unquote fight between Tristan Thompson and Draymond Green. And then after that, you know, it was just pretty much the Warriors all the way. Yeah, it was just pretty much business. Um it was as easy as it could have been, really, um, with the exception of Game One, which was you knew if you're well, if you're the Warriors, you had to know that LeBron was going to come out and throw that. Points. I mean, maybe you don't know that he was going to throw that fifty burger on you, but I mean, yeah, I mean, really nothing. Everybody, LeBron James, another fantastic Finals. Yeah, continues to uh, to add just more ridiculous stats to his career playoff totals. Um, I think. The thing that I've learned from this postseason is, A, you literally, I don't care. I mean, I I said on the podcast that I didn't want to do it, but I, I doubted LeBron in the Boston series. It looked as bleak as it could possibly look, and he still f- managed yep. a way to pull it out. Um, what did I learn about the West this year? Uh, I'm not so certain that the Rockets are as close as everybody seems to say they are. I think if they get LeBron James, that's... Probably. But from that, from the Very sounds helpful. of that, that's dead. Well, yeah, I, I mean, but that's rumors. Yeah, exactly. Obviously. But um, yeah, I, I don't think I don't. I'm not hugely in love with the Rockets, Harden, 
Paul being the solution yeah. to beating this warrior team. Um, as terrible as it is to say, I think we knew this was going to happen when Kevin Durant was here oh. or when Kevin Durant moved over. It's just we're living in the world now. Um, and we're talking ourselves into thinking that the team is beatable. And really, when you think about it, they're not a single game seven loss away from being four and oh in the last four years and losing to literally nobody in the playoffs. But then you dive into the rabbit hole. Dominant. Then you dive well, into the rabbit yeah, hole. Without KD, the loss, yeah. you can't get KD. Yes. Maybe. But yeah. even that, I mean, the loss really only had a psychological effect on that decision. Who yeah. knows if at yeah. the end of the day, yeah. Kevin Durant still comes. Because, I mean, we have to take Kevin Durant at his word. He said it was a basketball decision. Yes. Um, meaning that it shouldn't have mattered if they won the title. Who yeah. knows if they have to sign Harrison Barnes at that. We can. That's a whole yeah. other podcast. And really the last thing I have to say about the Warriors in the finals is um, get used to it. Sounds and right. and I, I might be saying this is a Warrior. Depending on where, what happens this offseason. Obviously, okay. but, uh, and as maybe a Warrior fan saying this, get used to it and that's okay because – we do live in a world where we miss the 90s Bulls, and they weren't exactly the best thing in the 90s. I mean, Sports Illustrated has the cover of are the Bulls ruining the NBA, but nowadays we, we look back to that team and reminisce. So just get used to the Warriors being there. And um, just remember, too, the year they do get knocked off, it'll just be that much better because they're going to get knocked off one year. Yeah, they will. Uh, they'll, they'll make a, a Jordan-esque... And before we put our last little bow on the 2017-2018 NBA season, mm -hmm. last week we talked about the craziest thing that happened yep. in the NBA this season. You know what was the one that I was thinking of that I couldn't quite get JR out? JR throwing soup? Not JR throwing yeah. soup. The Rockets-Clippers fight. Yeah, the, the fight scuffle. in locker the room locker scuffle. room, yes. Secret so tunnels. Can we put the bow on the 2017-2018 season? Officially, yeah. Jerry Colangelo was fired. Um, oh, yeah. But that's that's our other bow. I, I would say, yeah, that, that pretty much puts a, so, um, a wrap up on the process. So let's begin the present opening of the 2018 offseason. Uh, yeah. So we'll put right now, we have an interview with uh, KHDK's Matt George. Um, we talk pretty much Sacramento Kings yeah. draft, Sacramento Kings offseason plans. We are based out of Sacramento, for those of you who don't know. Um Kind of going to put a preface to this uh, yeah, interview. It the, needs it. <laughs> the audio is very rough. Yeah, uh, we unfortunately, we had some issues with Matt's mic, um, and we didn't realize it until after the podcast. But um, we did the best we could. We I did, think we we edited it. Yeah, um, it sounds it saved acceptable. A bit. Mm -hmm. uh, headphone warning, possibly. There might be some yeah. random loud noises. Um, there might be some, again, headphone warning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chris agrees with a lot of things. Just a lot of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Excuse so the base. We, and it, it bothers me too because we tested the mic and the mic worked, yep. and then it decided not to. So um, yeah, for anyone who records I, or uses any sort of technology, I'm sure they're well aware yeah. that sometimes it just doesn't work as you intended. So um, it's a really good interview. Um, yeah, shout out Matt. A lot of great I, I information. Can, I can give enough shout out. So we're gonna spin it over to our interview with Matt George. We are here. We we like to bring in guests every so often. Every not, so often. not not too often. We're not. We don't have very many friends, uh, especially <laughs> not in this this media industry that we're trying to get into here. But luckily, we record in this beautiful uh, station that has talent like young Matt George here, uh, KHK producer. Just uh, pretty much everything, Matt. Everything. You you pretty much do a little bit of everything for the station. Yeah. <laughs> Savant, just just overall savant. Yeah, <laughs> Andrew. Yeah. Uh, so, 
NBA draft coming up. Yeah. Uh, you know everything about the Sacramento Kings. Uh, I, wow. I, I like to think That's that a lot. A lot of people would disagree, but yeah, <laughs> I was born and raised around this team in the Sacramento area, so I grew up a diehard fan and then turned into kind of a journalist and a reporter and then working at KHDK, being able to get the access uh, that we get here at KHDK. We get to uh, really learn and get a first-hand look at what this organization is like. So I'd like to pretend that I know what the heck I'm talking about, but then again, if I'm faking my way through it, that's what I get to do. Definitely faking until you make it. Um, I'm also a Kings fan. I've been a Kings fan my whole life. Um, yeah, I, I, it's brand new. It's it's Says. really you Says. Should, yeah. He's champs, champs. It's real nice. I bought it at Champs Sporting Goods. Yeah. No, it's I new, just like all your jerseys. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're funny up here. He's yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm I'm also a Giants fan, so I can't oh, okay. really. Yeah, no, no, but. <laughs> It's all right because baseball doesn't really matter. We we don't we don't like to doesn't talk. matter until like we, we August. definitely don't like to talk baseball. Um, but anyways, yeah, I'm a huge Kings fan, and obviously this is the best situation we've had. I mean, in my lifetime, I'm 22, about to be 23 years old. Um, it's it's just sad, really, um, that we've ended up at this point where where the Kings have not had this much draft luck, and and even when we have. Had the draft gods smile upon us. Uh, Thomas Robinson was the selection. Uh, we thought Tyreek was a blessing. Turned out to be a blessing and a curse with his rookie year. DeMarcus obviously was a great selection. We can go on and on. Quincy Doobie, if we want to talk some Quincy Doobie talk. Um, I'd love to do that. But Let's not bring up that name ever again. Well, yeah. one thing I can say is that what's different from all those situations is that this year the Kings are legitimately in a power position. Yeah. Not to say that mid to late uh, first round or even five on up is not a power position. Yeah. There is value that comes with each, with each and every single pick. But to have a pick, not just number two overall, but just in the top three in general, but that the Kings rarely, if ever, find themselves at. The fact that the Kings should have had the number one overall pick in the Blake Griffin, pick, yeah. but fell to four, which is literally the worst case scenario they could possibly gotten, speaks uh, speaks to that. But on top of that, uh, what's different from every other year, or at least from years past, is you have to go all the way back to, to Jeff Petrie days, is that nobody knows what the Kings are going to do, <laughs> which is in reality a extremely beneficial spot yeah. for the Kings to be in. Because if you look at it this way, we expect number one overall to be DeAndre Ayton, and yep. the Phoenix Suns to take him, and then that means at the two spot, the Kings have the power and control to be able to throw off the rest of the draft for everybody. Yeah. And exactly. I think that's a power position, is that the Kings really have the pick of the litter of who they mm -hmm. want, or they can move in a different direction by there's always going to be a team that panics. Exactly. There's always going to be a team that wants Donchich, but doesn't think he's going to fall to four. Wants Porter, but doesn't think he's going to be available yeah. at eight. And they're going to offer you something you can't refuse to move up to that spot. So that's a spot that we really haven't seen the Kings in. Usually the Kings are the ones yeah. trying to move Exactly, up. yeah. So we'll see uh, what they have to do, but with great responsibility. Exactly, of, uh, yeah. Fear. And we saw we saw that last year with Boston, too. Boston pretty much did the same thing, swindling uh, Philly into getting that number one pick. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's almost weird that Phoenix is well. I guess Phoenix hasn't made an official statement on Aiden, but uh, I guess you can't, you, can't, yeah, you can't control what DeAndre Aiden's going to say. But um, I mean, because that's that's really the only reason why people are saying he's for sure going one is because, and of course, DeAndre is going to say, "I think I'm going one." Um, 
but it's it's a little weird that I don't I don't hear a lot of Phoenix shopping that pick because my thing is I'm not really entirely certain that DeAndre Ayton's the best fit for Phoenix either. And you know there isn't really a clear cut number one. Yeah. In this draft, Ayton has just been the guy that was kind of thrust in that position from yeah. the very beginning, and that's just kind of stayed there. I'm with you. I don't think DeAndre Ayton is up here, and then there's a big gap yeah. between two and beyond. Uh, the Suns, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they pulled a fast one and went in a different direction. Yeah. However, that doesn't seem like it's going to be the case. I had an opportunity to speak with a, uh, a beat writer and the host of the Locked On Suns podcast mm-hmm. for the Locked On Kings podcast. Uh, and one of the things that he said was from their workout that they had with Aiden Aiton, only worked out for one team, that was Phoenix, yeah. I didn't get enough to go number one overall. He told me that the feel from that workout was almost like an introductory press conference. There were so many players there. Uh, Justin, or yeah, Justin Jack, no, Josh Jackson yeah. <laughs> was there, and then I think Devin Booker was there Devin too. Booker yeah, there, and all of them were there. And then when the general manager, the general manager actually introduced him to the media, which never mm-hmm. happens yeah. in draft workouts. So it just felt very official. Yeah, conference. So and that it's fair to speculate that he's going to be there. Yeah. But also, I will say at the same time, if you remember, uh, there was that picture of Markel Fultz in all the uh, the Celtics gear that they they definitely tweeted that out. So, you know, exactly, exactly. So, so assuming uh, Aiden goes one, there's been a lot of I don't know speculation, the right word, um, of two and three Kings and Hawks not necessarily feeling Doncic, but at the same time, it feels like Doncic is the best bet at two. I know Marvin Bagley's been getting a bit of um, yeah. I think Bagley was in was in sack. Today, yeah, right. Yeah, so, him, so yeah, Bagley also getting some hype. Uh, do, do, do you buy into this hype that Doncic might fall four, five, six, somewhere around there? Man, I, I tell you, I've been changing like the wind. Yeah. Initially, I was high on the Doncic train because the, the competition that he's facing at 19 years of age. Let's let's just set this out there. Euro leagues are significantly better than the NCAA. Yes, that is a fact, and a lot of people want to try and dispute that, and that's just in my cynicism. The Euro leagues are not the NBA, but they are a lot better in college. So to be able to play at 19 years old, he's really been playing that since he was 17, and play guys that are 26, 27, 28 years old, he's already at least a little bit crafted and ready to come into the NBA and excel. That being said, there are concerns with, well, don't you already have a Luka Doncic, but a bit smaller in uh, Bogdan, yeah. What, what would be the point of bringing him in? He fills that small forward spot, yeah. but aren't there more talented bigs like a Bagley that you would want to go out and get? Uh, I'm, I feel like I'm changing every other day, which is good that I'm not the general manager. Yeah. Um, but I would probably say that if it were me, as of right now, I would pick Doncic. Yeah. I, my thing has been, I think you take Luca too, because even as I, I think it totally makes sense to to feel like. You know, Doncic at his worst will be like a bigger bogey, but um, I don't. I don't see why that's a bad thing. You know, can you have too many solid role players who can? Or I mean, I, I, who knows what what Bogdanovich can end up being? But um, just somebody who's got great court vision can shoot the three. Just things that are, especially since he's six eight. Um, just the versatility that he's able to have, um, or I, and I want to get your opinion on this. Probably not doing it at two, but maybe in a situation where they trade back for Michael Porter. Um, and Michael Porter is somebody, and I, I was a huge, huge fan of Michael Porter coming into Missouri this year. 
But even I had to admit, watching him play at Missouri, he looked terrible. And I don't know it. The thing about it was he looked slunt, like uh, just slouched over, looked slow, just awkward moving. And I guess you can say, yeah, that's the back, but the back's not really something that generally gets you know better. It's something that's especially not when you're 18. You have it. Junior is the massive question mark because if he were completely healthy. I honestly think he, he would probably go number one overall. Yeah. Size, his scoring ability, his ability to, to shoot from outside, he's also uh, a versatile defender. He is there, that perfect NBA body at 6'10", 6'11", that moves, and basically a young Kevin Durant is essentially yeah. his comparisons. And I hate and love NBA comparisons, but it just gives you an idea of what kind of player he can. Mm -hmm. Back issues are terrifying, especially if you're a team like the Sacramento Kings where you cannot afford yeah. To miss this draft is likely. Well, we know the Kings don't have a first round pick next year's draft, and the likelihood of you getting this lucky again is not very high. Uh, the Kings are obviously trending up, not down, so they're not going to try and take more to yeah. get the worst pick in 2020, or a better pick in 2020, I should say. Uh, Porter Jr. scares me in so many ways. However, there are a lot of people, including Doug Christie here in Sacramento, <laughs> massively in this camp because of what he can be. Uh, if you're the Kings and you decide to pick Porter Jr., you have to have full 100% confidence that he is good to go. He is okay. You cannot do what you did with Harry Giles. Yeah. He has to be ready to excel and go right away. Obviously, he believes that, but we'll have to wait and see. That's a massive exclamation mark. But like I said, if he was healthy, honestly, he would Number one, yeah, definitely. Um, Michael Porter Jr. obviously out there. Uh, Bagley, Doncic. Is there another name you can maybe see the Kings? Maybe not. Maybe necessarily yeah. taking it. Maybe two, like Jaron Jackson. I don't. I don't think Jaron Fall. I don't like Jaron's a really solid player. I think he could probably go. You know, fit some. Like I, I would like him in Memphis or somewhere where he could be just an excellent role player. But I don't. Honestly, to me, he's the only person I can see. Today, it's a two -horse race. And I yeah. Believe these two horses are Doncic and Porter Jr. Because the Sacramento Kings seem to be, from what the conversations that I've had and from what they need, which is badly, they need a small forward, um, I would not be surprised if it's one of those two guys. That being yeah. said, I just had a conversation with ABC's Sean Cunningham, who was at Bagley's uh, workout today, and he said the Kings were very happy and impressed by what they saw with him. He believes that Bagley is the safest pick, and he brought up a good point. This is a year that Vladi, if he misses or screws up, he's done. He's fired. Yeah. This is his last chance. Yeah. So he may want to take the safe route and go with Bagley. I don't think the Kings are going to do that because they're very interested and invested in what Harry Giles is going to be. I would yeah. be surprised, but I don't think they're going to do that. Honestly, to me, I think it's between Doncic and Porter Jr. If they fall in love with Porter Jr., they're going to either try and move down yeah. uh, to to take him a little bit later and get what they can, or they're just going to say, you know what, screw it. This is the guy we want. We're taking Yeah. And kind of, yeah. Yeah, and like you're saying, you're saying like they would take Bagley to be the safe option. I would use the reverse logic and be like, you know what? Either way, if here's the thing: if Vladi gets this pick right, it'll be great for him. He gets it wrong, he get picks Doncic, he picks whoever he takes. He gets it wrong, he's fired anyway. You might as well go with who you believe in. Well, the cool spot is, like I said, the power position. Yeah, is that with all three of those guys? Yeah, exactly. Be successful in their own way. Uh, it's the question of out of the three of them, which could be the most successful. And honestly, I think that answer is Michael Porter Jr. Because I do of too. Ceiling, but he also has the biggest floor. Yeah, just because of that back. I'm sure. I mean, where would you guys go if you were looking at that perspective, even from a 
Yeah, Andrew, I'd love. Yeah, for the Kings. Yeah. Um, I or I just positionally maybe. I, I like I like Doncic. I yeah. mean, just him being 19, mm-hmm. excelling at this, se- or probably the second best league in the world. Yeah. Um, doing what he's done, uh, just his ability to shoot, his versatility, he can go anywhere from one to three in the on, on the court. Yeah. Uh, gives you extra depth too, because then you know you can't because you, the Kings the, their backcourt is solid right now. It's it's all right. I'm not gonna say solid. It's you, young. I mean, it's as good as you can it's, get yes, if you're gonna if you're gonna rebuild. I mean, you can't really <laughs> ask for. I mean, you can get a Devin Booker every so often, but you know, yeah, yeah with it's, Fox, it's with Heald, with Bogdan, you know, having four guys to play three positions not necessarily the worst position to be. In. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I think to me, Doncic is good. Um, just. I think he's the best pick. I think he's also the safest pick. Yeah. I think seeing what he can do, his ability to shoot, overall playing, I think he's the guy. Well, another part, too, if I can jump in, that, that we Absolutely. haven't uh, brought up is how much free agency plays a part in this and yeah. vice versa, too, is the Sacramento Kings are going to be trying to make some kind of move in free agency to bring in someone that fits their, their idea mold, which is a young guy that can be with them and help continue to develop with them, but someone who can also plug in and make an immediate impact. There are more options like that as a big man than there are at a three spot. Not saying you should make your decision on in, on draft day based off of who you think you can get free agency because that's yeah. very backwards. <laughs> but something I mean, you have to think about. If were to take either a Porter Jr. or a Luka Doncic, that leaves them open to go out and get either a Julius Randle a uh, Jamari Parker, a Aaron Gordon, or a Clint Capella in mm-hmm. free agency because that's a position that they would need. To yeah. Play. So this all is going through Vlade's mind and this draft board. If I, I wish I could see their draft board because I expect it to be a list of names and then based off of that, a bunch of branches of possible scenarios, yeah. pairs that they could do. Yeah. Need that old Orlando uh, GM to take a picture. Yeah. The, <laughs> of the whiteboard. The board there in we the go. That's exactly what we need. Um, in talking a little bit about the Kings free agency, it. Do you think it's people are swinging for the fences a little? There's a lot of Aaron Gordon talk. He's a restricted free agent, I believe. So Orlando could match theoretically. Um, no one's really sure what Orlando's going to do. Um, Clint Capella obviously is a restricted free agent. He would have to sign his offer sheet first in Sacramento, which would mean he would have to basically choose Sacramento over everybody else who's going to offer him a, a contract sheet. Um, Julius Randle is a name that I've also heard thrown out. Just uh, who do you think are some actual? Do you like? Do you think that these are realistic yes, targets? And I don't look as far into the actual amount of money you're offering mm-hmm. as other people do because the reality is the Kings need to offer really. Money. Yeah, that's what I was going to yes. say. Is the Kings have the most money, so you would think that's that's what they got to bring to the table. It's concerning with the idea of especially someone like Jabari Parker right? yeah. played almost half of his career or been almost half of his career injured. I think um, from Sacktown Royalty, uh, Tim Maxwell put out that I think 46% of the games of Jabari Parker's career, he's actually been out with injury, which is terrifying if you want to throw that much money at him. Yeah. Uh, in regards to Aaron Gordon, Clint Capella, and Julius Randle, Capella is actually at the bottom of that list for me. Aaron Gordon is at the top. Uh, someone who has expanded his range, has shot 45% or higher basically every single year of his career, was buried by the fact that he was playing in Orlando and they had nothing going for him. Yeah. Uh, someone who has worked on that corner mm-hmm. three, is athletic, loves to run, fits in with the mold of what I think the Sacramento Kings mm-hmm. are, how they should be playing going yeah. forward. Uh, Aaron Gordon, to me, would be a absolute home run if the Kings were able yeah. to get him. Capella, I can understand the draw, but I said this about DeAndre Jordan. I think... 
Clint Capella is the latest massive benefactor System. of Chris Paul. Yeah. And Chris Paul makes athletic bigs better. And Clint Capella comes to Sacramento, still going to be good, mm-hmm. but he's going to be nowhere near what he was last season. And the only way Clint Capella is going to continue to play at that rate is to play alongside Chris yeah. Paul, which is why I think he's, he stays. Yeah. Give me a best case. Okay, I'm going to word this weird. Give me a, a player that, like, there's a sliver chance the Kings can get him that you, like, hypothetical world, best case scenario, the Kings could somehow, you know, let's say, for example, trade for Kawhi. Is there anything, like, quietly percolating? Is that the right word there? Percolating in the background that maybe on the back if everything comes together, it could happen. How about Willie in the second pick for Kawhi? <laughs> I've been pushing that for a long time. <laughs> uh, no, there is... It's so hard because I, I try and be as realistic as possible. In my opinion, there is no realistic way that the Kings will land Kawhi. Or yeah, saw no. this rumor today about, uh, um, about Kyrie. Let's not yeah, even call no, that a rumor. No. Was, yeah. Stuff like that, I just don't even listen to. Yeah. To listen to for two reasons. One is, let's be honest, this is Sacramento, and a lot of those players don't want to play here, and even if they can't yeah. here, it would probably be for a rental, and then they'd go and take money exactly. somewhere else. Number two is, quite honestly, they don't fit in with what the Kings are trying to do mm-hmm. right now. And that's weird to say, like, I'm showing Kawhi Leonard the door. Of course, I'd love to have him play for my team if I could lock him up for mm-hmm. five plus years. But that just isn't the case. The Kings are not trying to do anything that would win now. Mm-hmm. They're trying to do something that, quite honestly, will wait out your Golden State Warriors. They want to build the core and the yeah. team that can hopefully take over the time the Warriors and these Rockets and these Cavaliers finally fall apart. Yeah. So, well, I mean, the good news is you only got to wait about three more weeks for the Cavaliers to fall apart. So, <laughs> yeah, start chipping There's away. One, you chipping know? away. If that hell, I'd say after game one they'd already fallen apart. That's, but that's, uh, we'll we'll have to wait and see what LeBron does. Like like names like that, LeBron to Sacramento? Think, no. I don't even listen to. Yeah. I mean, you, I might be able to make a case for the Kings trying to make a one a run for Clay Thompson next year. I think Clay would be stupid for leaving. I was going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> But other than that, I mean, Aaron Gordon is my best case. And Aaron okay. Gordon's also a, a semi-local guy. Went to Archbishop Mitty, which is yep. uh, in the San Jose. Uh, yeah, San Jose Bay Area-ish. Great position, too, with the amount of money that they have. Mm-hmm. Take on big contracts. Yeah. Go get decent players. And I think he's 24 as well, which is right in their age range. Yeah. I mean, there's guys like Ryan Anderson as well. You can mm-hmm. pick up with Houston because they're going to look to dump some salary yeah. and get the guys that they want there, LeBron or Paul George. Uh, that's a, a stretch four that you would love to have on your team. Also a local guy. You yeah. So, um, Bring them all. Well, Dang's contract off of the Lakers. Man, try, try and get a 19 pick. And, or get the pick or try and get Jabari Parker. I'm sorry. Or uh, Julius Randle. Sign and trade deal. The Kings have yeah. a lot of options. That's what I'm saying. This year, this offseason. It's going to be crazy. Day on, they're in a power position. Yeah. And it's extremely exciting and nerve-wracking to find out what the heck they're going to that spot yeah but realistic expectations here the kings aren't making the playoffs next year I would love really what well, but i don't think that's the goal honestly i hope not i would hope not <laughs> this team wins 40 games next year which is nowhere near enough in the west to get you into the playoffs but if they win 40 if they win 30 yeah games people are and you just keep building now what you're maybe a little bit more locked into Sacramento fans expectations you're you're hearing that people are expecting I mean not many people are expecting playoffs but people are talking playoffs or talking 40 wins I I don't think that's fair next year I really don't I I I, I just don't see it. I I think it is a stretch a lot would have to go right Definitely All I want to see next year is flashes of 
okay, I see the core together. Now I know we're a piece away from actually yeah. So if this core continues to grow, De'Aaron Fox makes strides. Totally. Say Marvin Bagley is the guy yeah. you draft. Whatever, yeah. It's in nicely alongside De'Aaron Fox. Or Michael Porter Jr. is the yeah. guy you draft, and he's healthy. I would say, yeah, mid-30s, somewhere. In, it, if you're in that range yeah. and you're feeling good, then 2019 is the That's, yeah. What I do know is I don't give a damn about the fact that the Kings don't have a pick in 2019. Yeah. I don't care. No. If anything, it's just a timeline. Exactly. Yep. Uh, so my one of my biggest questions, mainly just being on the outside of Sacramento Kings uh, Twitter and all that, what is uh, Amon Shumpert's role with the team? Is is he actually going to yeah. be a guy who plays next year? Is he just? Are they looking to move him? Like, because I just I, and maybe I just don't know because I don't know I because I'm outside body. of Kings. I mean, he, he's a six seven. Ver- I mean, at in his. I don't want to call it his prime, but at this point, it's been his career prime when he was 22, 23 in New York. Um, He was a semi-versatile wing defender. Um, I don't think he's anything near the athlete he was then, and I think he's 28 now. Um, I I would just say his role is probably going to be a backup three um, or a backup, maybe a a third or fourth guard. Um, I don't know if Garrett Temple comes back on his – he still has – uh, player option that he needs to decide on. Personally, I think Temple's gone. Yeah. Uh, and then Shumpert is going to struggle to find minutes on this team. You think? What I do like is that the Kings are always, they've been terrible at perimeter defense for mm-hmm. And Shumpert, whether it's him actually on the floor helping with that or teaching the young guys, I think Buddy Hill could have a whole hell of a lot. Whole, yeah. Uh, That'd be great. Showed massive growth last year defensively. Mm-hmm. And I expect that trend to continue. Iman Shumpert is a guy that could help with that. A good veteran presence that on your bench. I worry about him being a crutch, though. And what I mean by that is we saw Zach Randolph, and I love Zebo, but Zach Randolph was a crutch. Big time. 17 shots a game, yeah, That's whatever it was. That I worry that Dave Yeager will have to lean on too much. If, if Let's put it this way. If by training camp and the start of next season, the Kings aren't running and they're still using a lot of their minutes for guys like Shumpert and Zach Randolph, I don't think Dave Yeager has a job very much longer. Like really? Yeah. I'm, I'm just go for it. You have yeah. young, speedy, athletic players. You're hoping to add to that this offseason. That's never been in Jaeger's identity, though. Jaeger's always been somebody who's real. I mean, and granted, this is probably the worst situation if you're going to be a hardhead like that, but he's never really been one to play as young guys, and, and it's a real shame. And but he develops him well, which is the funny thing. The yeah. They brought him in yeah. to help these kids develop, and you can't be stubborn with their development. Yeah. If anything, I think, especially in today's NBA, with how little the coaching really matters compared to the player, yeah, you have to adapt your system to benefit the development and the strengths of your team. Mm. Playing De'Aaron Fox in half court offense is not benefiting his development. Maybe he learns how to be a better passer and yeah. more general, but you want him pushing the basketball. That's yeah. how he's going to succeed. That's yeah. how he's going to excel. Look at all the best coaches on the planet right now. Brad Stevens is the number one name that comes to mind, and he brings out the best of the strengths from his players yeah. and tries to hide their weaknesses. You can say the same thing with Steph Curry and the Warriors yeah. uh, in Golden State. And then you look at Greg Popovich, who is a coach that is loved, very, very well respected. But we're seeing this rift that he now has with Kawhi Leonard mm-hmm. because maybe he's trying to push Kawhi in different ways that Kawhi doesn't necessarily want. The player is the most important part. Hard for me to say at times, but in reality, it's true. And Dave Yeager needs to buy into that this year, or he's going to be cut. Yeah. 
It's good stuff, man. Great, great stuff. Of course, yeah. yes. Thanks, man. That so was, yeah, that you, was great. <laughs> you give uh, Matt George a follow on Twitter at Matt George K H T K. Hey, yes, a lot of information. Wanna, yeah, you you caught a lot of flack for this Tobias Harris. <laughs> do you want to just thirty just seconds set, defend set the it. record straight? I don't know if I want to defend it. Yeah. Was it what was it? Was it um? I don't think. Yeah, go ahead. Alcohol involved? No, no. So the tweet was the second pick for Tobias Harris in the 12th and 13th, correct? So let's get that out there. That's not ridiculous. That was without me looking at Tobias Harris' contract situation, which makes me change Not great. Okay. Two years, 40. uh, Nobody's on basketball reference at 3 a.m. anyway, so you're good. Well, either way. um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, to get, well, to get two first-rounders and Tobias Harris, and I've always been in the camp of if you can trade an unknown, I don't care how much potential you if you can trade that, unless you have a for sure LeBron James, which yeah. we don't. If you can trade that for a proven commodity, you do it. Okay. And like, if you, a lot of people put so much, Jason Ross said it perfectly today. Uh, he said that a lot of people associate value of the number two with the number until a pick <coughs> is associated with it, right? So the number two is eventually going to become John Kidd yeah. Jr. And that may sour things years to come. Like, for example, the DeMarcus Cousins trade. They traded DeMarcus Cousins for Buddy Heald. They didn't trade DeMarcus Cousins for the number six pick. Yeah. Yeah. See how that's different. Yes, now it all is. of a sudden you're getting a top ten pick. It's the six DeMarcus and the Cousins ten pick. Yeah. Buddy Heald for DeMarcus Cousins. You never know. Exactly. So, um, Especially in this draft, I think at, at where the Clippers are picking, they, they can get Robert Williams, I really like, and around that spot. You can maybe even get uh, uh, Michael Porter if he falls far enough, if, if, if people are scared of the medical. In regards to the Tobias Harris trade, uh, it takes a little bit less pressure, or more, it takes a lot of pressure actually off of Vlade, because now you have two picks to try and hit a home run. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, it's difficult at the 12 to 13 range. Uh, but you get a proven commodity in Tobias Harris, who fills a need in that small forward position. Tobias Harris is a very, very good player in this league uh, and someone I would expect the Kings to actually go after in free agents mm-hmm. next year if they're able to. Uh, so it all depends. But, yeah, that was a 3 a.m. tweet <laughs> I'm not necessarily proud of, but if the Kings made that move, I wouldn't hate it. A I, lot of people would. I would not. I don't, I don't think you deserve to get killed for that. I don't think that's – I don't think that's – Right. Well, Matt George, man, thank you very much. You, you can go go ahead and get home, man. We're gonna, yeah. <laughs> and as we said, follow Same. him on Twitter at Matt George K H D K. Matt and George spelled the conventional way. Matt Nothing crazy. <laughs> and that interview was brought to you by IHOB, the International House of Burgers. Oh. You, if you want a pancake, you're out of luck. Yep. Um, <laughs> So yeah, thanks again, Matt George. Uh, as I said, you can follow him at on Twitter at Matt George K H T K. Again, we apologize for the audio. Yeah. Um, I hope you stuck it through because there's a lot of good information there. Real uh, good. Good Thank insight you. to what the Kings offseason could look like this offseason, obviously. <laughs> um, so that's gonna be it for the undrafted podcast uh, for this week. Uh, just kind of let you know, Chris is out of town next week. Uh, your friend's yeah. graduating, so tell your yes, friend congratulations. Is. Hopefully, he listens. Good job, Terry. Um, so we might not have a draft preview episode. Yeah, um, we may not. We apologize uh, of that. We might record later this week. We'll see. Uh, but we will promise you this. If we do not record next week for the draft preview, uh, the week after the draft, the draft is next Thursday, the 21st. The week after that, we will give you an extensive draft review episode. Every single pick. I'm Every talking single pick. all 60 
even the Euro draft and stash players, yes. we're going full yes. draft express deep dive on. So we'll make sure we give you a very in-depth uh, episode there. Uh, the following week, we'll give you an uh, NBA free agency preview. Uh, and obviously, there's a lot going on there. Uh, and we'll probably sprinkle in some World Cup in between now and then. So um, we definitely just wanted to let you know what our plans were. Real quick, were. as we're exiting, who's your World Cup pick? Italy. Italy. Okay. No, I can't do that. Okay, so uh, you said that's going to be it for the uh, 28th edition of the Undrafted Podcast. Uh, Thank you again for listening. Matt George, we really appreciate you. God. Uh, Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter. Just check the description. It's been a long night. I I don't need to tell you.